0: You're listening to a quality podcast with your hosts, John Thacker Jr. and Jake Harris. Here's what I think the companies are missing when they set up their application process. Okay, whether you like it or not, your applicant is applying to more than just you. Okay, so I'm looking at you big companies that think you're God or whatever. You're not. There are people applying to you and your competitors and completely different industries. Right? Welcome everybody to a quality podcast. Your host here, John Thacker Jr. I'm joined with co-host Jake Harold. Jake, welcome to the show. We are live here. from
1: the new the new background. With live from about- the new
0: background. Yeah, because you just moved in. And we are talking today about why talent acquisition sucks. So if you think talent acquisition doesn't suck right now, uh, just move on. There's plenty of other podcasts to listen to, true crime stuff like that sex with Emily. Um, but Ooh, if you're interested, I don't know, but it keeps showing up in my feed. I, I think the universe is trying to tell me something. Um, so if you're interested in talent acquisition, why it sucks and what you can do about it, you can join the coolest kids on the block for this conversation. I'm wearing my Persol John Thacker Jr. edition aviators because I only wear personal sunglasses and you can get ears at a discount by clicking the link that I've posted down below. I'm smoking the Last Rights by Black Label Trading Company. I hope you'll join me for a fine cigar this afternoon. Jake, what's new in your world?
1: I, I just watched a, a Burt Kreischer at the Dickies Arena last night. And one of the things he said was going around his family and his broader group was, there was a, a text that went out, COVID-19 like, Actually had a death rate three or four times what's been recorded and had a link to an article. When you click the article, you get a big naked black man. <laughs> he sent it to his wife as a guest, right? And then he's asking, he's asking a little later in the afternoon, so what'd you think of that link? He goes, Oh, I didn't open it, I just sent it to like the whole PTA committee. <laughs>
0: oops. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So why talent acquisition sucks. Um, And we kind of talking through this, we uh, split the issue into kind of two buckets, right? One is talent acquisition sucks for businesses right now. And the other is talent acquisition sucks for applicants right now. And if you don't believe me, like, how many memes are there online about filling out a form after you uploaded your resume, for example, right?
1: And then, yes.
0: Yeah. Uh, and we actually did some field testing. We logged on to some different companies and tried to see how fast it would take for us to apply. Um, I'm pretty sure they'll realize they're fake applications when they read the names, but uh, we won't get it. Amazon that called first. me for a job, so. <laughs> Michael Roch. Do you want a job? (laughs) Oh, we're so juvenile. Um, Yeah, so I I think the two are connected though, right? Because if the applicant is having a a bad experience, then they, they give up or they move on or what have you. And that affects the company that's doing the hiring as well, right? So why don't we start in that bucket with applying for jobs Um, what sucks about that as a job seeker? I mean, the
1: big ones that jump out for me is that there's no unified platform. Man, you end up Hmm. having to make a a website. I'm going to go to (laughs) indubitably.com and set up my resume details to click on a job application that will take me to a separate portal in which I need to sign up, sign in, have a password for, to repeat steps A through Z and still have no right. contact with a human being so like that, that's got to be number one
0: right yeah i think so um a couple of things there one like a lot of companies or some companies use brass ring for example or some other like third party uh, for the I application you, process I will let my
1: family starve before i sign into brass ring
0: <laughs> right it's a horrible experience um and there's a few others out there um here's what i think the companies are missing when they set up their application process, okay? Whether you like it or not, your applicant is applying to more than just you, okay? So I'm looking at you, big companies that think you're God or whatever, you're not. There are people applying to you and your competitors and completely different industries, right? So all companies could actually improve their rate of success by keeping in mind that this applicant is applying to other places. Let's make it as easy, seamless, and painless as possible to apply to our company. Let's respond to the quickest, stuff like that, right? If that, only there
1: was a singular document that is generally accepted for most jobs, if only, right?
0: <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I, I think the problem is um, related to the way that the software platform is designed. And I'm saying this you know, from experience, um, having hired hundreds, possibly thousands of people in my career. Some of the software platforms that I used, for example, uh, the applicant would have to upload a resume and then fill out a bunch of fields. Now, when I accessed the portal for that job application platform, right, it would bring up all of the stuff they typed in. And then you could like click a tab for attachments and see what else they uploaded. So, super redundant, completely unnecessary, adding an extra step uh, for the applicant, right? Uh, I think it would be in everybody's best interest just to standardize across the industry. You'll upload your resume in a given format and maybe a cover letter. And then uh, that's, it. You know, that's it.
1: That's it. Um, that's literally it. If you have workday, pull that shit out of your computer and throw it in the garbage.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, that's another highly questionable platform, um, you know, not designed by the people who are using it or on either end, right? Um, on top of that, right? Let's say that you use some kind of parsing software, which is common nowadays. You mean to tell me that your software isn't smart enough to parse a PDF. Give me a freaking break. And well, there's another level, go ahead.
1: No, no, specifically to that. Just the most basic format ever. Load it as a .pmd file and we
0: parse it. Fuck
1: you.
0: Yeah, no. right, right, yeah, right. Yeah. We accept rich text format, yeah. Um, yeah, obviously you want your platform to accept, you know, common word processing tools. Like you should be able to accept a doc, dot, .doc, right? Or a PDF. Um, so, but on top of that, there I think are a large number of jobs. We might call them entry-level. Uh, they may not be entry-level, um, but a lot of frontline jobs where you don't need a freaking resume. You just don't. I'm sorry, if you're hiring someone to drive a forklift, what do you need a resume for? Isn't
1: is, is, is the definition of entry-level, I have nothing to put on what would be a resume?
0: Yeah, that's that's the definition. <laughs> now, I've I've seen companies, and I've heard leaders, you know, say things like, Well, I like the resume because I'll go over it later, you know, and just see, well, what hidden talents might this person have? How can we use them better? Okay. Um, Have you tried talking to the employee? You know, I mean, you really, you want a resume on file because you think it is an accurate depiction of who that person is and what their skills are?
1: You know, that's the the same reason the czar would throw the homeless into like the lion's arena. Let's see what hidden talents we can uncover. (laughs)
0: Well, how why does your czar have a Christopher Walken accent? I'm just, Guys. I'm just asking. Guys. <laughs> Let's see Liars. what the lions. <laughs> yeah. No, but um, everybody knows, you know, if you go online and you hire someone for a resume writing service, they're going to curate your resume specifically because companies don't care. So if you're applying for a fork truck position, you're probably not going to put that your hobby is fixing radios in the basement. Maybe, maybe not. Right, but maybe that's relevant later on. You can figure all of that out later, but you're never going to figure it out if you don't get the person on your team. Right, right. I mean, you could have a uh, full day interview. You could have them do the job for a day. You could take them out to dinner and ply them with questions. There's all kinds of things you can do before I, let's, hiring let's someone. Into,
1: let's let's drill into that comment because they make the job making thing such a marriage proposal, right? You've never seen me before, but let's marry. And the dating you just suggested is so, like, astoundingly rare. Like, why would just job for the day? Why not? Here's a day, right? I don't even need you to work. Just be in here and tell me if you don't absolutely hate this shit. <laughs> if, if you tell me you don't after you spend enough time, all right, come yeah. on in. I you. mean, you'd
0: think that a team of people from, like, HR, legal, and ops could get together and figure something like that out. Um. You know, I'm I'm a, a pretty big proponent of the idea that, you know, people go to work primarily to make money, feed their family, secure their future, right? Um, it is not a marriage. And the only loyalty I expect an employee to exhibit is the kind of common sense that people who work in teams have to exhibit. I'm going to treat my coworkers with, with respect. I'm going to listen to management and stuff like that, right? Uh-huh. Um, if a better offer comes along... I expect my teammates to leave. If they don't, I'll probably be angry with them because I'm a capitalist. Um, you know, people should be looking out for their their best interests. So this idea that, you know, we're going to hire you for the rest of your life, um, you know, and there's some sort of like, I don't know, marriage probably isn't the right metaphor because a lot of companies behave that way towards the employee. Like we're we're granting you a favor by hiring you. Um, but it's not reciprocated. You know, the company will.
1: So exactly like a marriage?
0: <laughs> <laughs> the, the company will let you go in a heartbeat, you know, if it suits the business needs or whatever. Um, but yeah, so uh, the the dating thing, you know, that, that's a good metaphor to use. Um, so one of the reasons that talent acquisition sucks for the people that are trying to get hired is the process to get hired is just old antiquated, hasn't kept up with the times or the technology, takes too long. You're competing with everybody. So think about it this way. you have known quantities and unknown quantities For the applicant, when they're applying to a job, if they apply to Amazon, they know what they're getting, right? They know it sucks. That's all over the internet, but they also know the pay is good. I'm gonna go in, I'm gonna hustle, probably won't last forever, might not last very long, but I'm gonna make money in the short term. They're a stable company. Everyone knows, it, knows the company. They're listed on New York Stock Exchange. And I expect them to have a certain level of, I guess, ethics in the way they treat me, just because they're so big. You know, they're a target for a lawsuit or something like that. Whether or not that is true, that is the mindset of the entry-level applicant. Now, over here, you have, you know, Joe and Bob's warehouse. That's an unknown. They don't know if you're financially stable, you're not listed anywhere, they can't look up your finances, you know, you're privately owned or something like that. They don't know how you treat people, you might not have a reputation yet, you certainly will never have the reputation Amazon does, etc, right? So how can you compete for entry-level talent? And the answer, at least partly, is make it freaking easier, right?
1: Right, as easy as humanly possible.
0: Now, let's talk about another way in which talent acquisition sucks for the applicant, and this is gonna affect the companies as well. It's as simple as this, pay, right?
1: Pay sucks, you don't pay enough, period.
0: If you don't pay competitive wages, then you're gonna have trouble acquiring talent. And for the person that's applying, there's no end of weeping and gnashing of teeth over two things. One, job postings that don't list a pay range, or two, the pay is just low. It's just silly, right?
1: Yeah. So, just get, so before you talk competitive, just livable wage, right? You know, we, we brought it up more than once, but MIT does a regular annual study of what that actually looks like. And just a livable wage is half the battle, right? Instead of being competitive with, with Joe, Joe and Bob's warehouse next door, just a living wage.
0: Yeah. But uh, living wage is often higher, to be just to be frank, for entry-level jobs, right? But you're not, when I say competitive, you're not actually competing with Joe and Bob, or Amazon, right? This is an important point that I think a lot of companies don't grasp right now. There are a lot of ways for people to make money nowadays that don't involve a traditional job structure. So you have people that can sell things on Facebook, marketplace, for example, that can Uber and DoorDash, that can build a brand, be a brand ambassador, uh, have content online, and you can have multiple income streams, you're working for yourself, and you're making about the same as that minimum wage job, which one would you choose? I'm, I'm really I kind of never annoyed. never work for you, and I could work for me for the same money, right? Right. I mean, the only thing you're getting from a company is stability, Right. Like if you're doing those other income streams, you gotta keep the hustle up because you can't phone it in one day if you mow lawns on the side. You know what, I don't feel like mowing lawns, you know? You could say the same thing about going to work. Here's the difference. The work is theoretically gonna be there. The lawns might not be there. And being realistic, you can go to work and clock in and half-ass it and get away with it a couple of times when you're not feeling well, right? So 20
1: years experience of me proves that.
0: <laughs> yes, exactly. Right. So, you know, uh, to be competitive, you have to offer enough incentive for people to actually go to work every day. I mean, think about the benefits of not. And I'm just going to take a little side road here. I'm really tired of this bullshit narrative about like Gen Z or millennials or whatever being lazy and entitled and and whatever.
1: Every generation has had a complaint about the next. Period. Full stop. That's just always been the case. I, I found that's an true. article. I found an article back when books were first being rented that said these people they don't do anything anymore. All they do is read. <laughs> oh, of
0: like, course.
1: the old guy just shitting on the next generation. I don't know what it is.
0: No, it's it's true, but the the shitting on the millennials and Gen Z is just it's just flat out unfair. It's just not fair it's not true you can't back that up with facts and if you take your experience or in my case take my experience with millennials and gen z they do have a different outlook on work from like my dad's generation it has nothing to do with being lazy or not wanting to work but there's a lot smarter ways to put food on your table nowadays than clocking in for whatever it is and while we're on the subject Talent acquisition and talent retention, right, uh, kind of go together. If you retain your talent 100%, you wouldn't have to acquire new talent until you well, outgrew that, your talent. That approaches talent. zero as one
1: approaches 100, right?
0: Yes, right. So, you know, in the talent acquisition realm, you'll have people that, that do apply and, and get hired, but then they quit, right? And, you know, pay can be part of that, but a much bigger lever in my experience, especially currently, has to do with hours worked. I mean, we have the president of the United States trying to avert a strike by rail workers so that our supply chain and economy don't completely crash. And what are they prepared to strike over? Not pay, but being forced to work a ton of hours, right?
1: Yeah, 80 hours a week is, is bullshit, right?
0: I I think 60 hours a week is bullshit. I think 50 is stretching it, right? You know, from time to time, sure. All the time, well, what are you telling these people? You're telling them you can't be involved in your children's lives. You can't work a 10-hour day and be involved in your kids' lives. This doesn't work. There's not enough hours in the day, right? So what's important to people? It shouldn't be your company. So talent acquisition, talent retention, they're kind of tied together. You got to get them in the door, but you also have to keep them in the door, right? Mm
1: Mm-hmm. They have to lock the door behind
0: you. Yeah, get them in, lock them in. You can never leave. Um, so, uh, let's look a little closer at the other bucket, though, right? So, we know that talent acquisition sucks if you're looking for a job, and you know there's just endless Buzzfeed, Reddit, you name it, jokes about how how much it sucks to apply for a job. And if you're doing the upload your resume and then enter all the details again thing, you suck, stop it. But on the other side, talent acquisition sucks for businesses. And this is, you know, really what we wanna talk about and solve in this episode to to help our listeners. So, you know, what sucks about talent acquisition for companies right now?
1: The the number one for me is anytime Anyone else other than the damn manager is trying to do the talent acquisition. When you introduce a third party, I'm like, oh, I'm a recruiter for this company that doesn't have the first fucking clue how the job actually works or what they need to be looking for. You just insert this whole other layer of Davy Thompson's bullshito into figuring out how to get the right guy in the door to the right role and actually stay there. Like the recruiter is the problem.
0: Shout out Davy Thompson. Yeah. So, and these can be internal. They don't have to be external, right? I've worked for companies where it's like, you have operations and they're at the mercy of this third party within the company. You know, sometimes it's HR or some other branch where it's like, our job is to find you talent. I'm not kidding. I remember spending an hour long conversation with a recruiter on the phone, explaining to this person, you know, what I needed in a given role. I'm like, what? what's the point? Because I would be done by now. If I was doing the JD myself, I'll send it over to you, you know, to to edit or whatever. But it actually takes longer. But what was the alternative? The alternative was to not spend any time on the phone with this recruiter and just get a parade of unqualified applicants to the door, right? Hmm. Yeah. So th- that's a habit that some companies have that you know doesn't work very well. Um, also, you know, kind of from a lean perspective, you know, a lot of these layers in your company, uh, they're they're not lean, and they inhibit the integration that we're going for uh, in the operation. It's it's similar, you know, to to draw a parallel to these companies that have like a lean silo, and you have ops guys that are just doing whatever they think they can get away with to keep the operation running. And then every once in a while, some lean guy swoops in and is like, let's do a value stream map, you know, or something like that. What right? a table
1: over there. That'll make the difference.
0: Yeah. Uh, why don't we 5S this dock? It has literally no effect on the flow of value. Through the, we, we complained about that one, uh, I like think a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> so yeah, you've got uh, this separation, uh, this layer between... The people doing the hiring and the talent pool. Uh, That's inhibited. Here's another problem, right? Elephant in the room. Actually getting applicants, right? Like just getting applicants and hiring them. So, what's contributing to that state of affairs currently?
1: Well, uh, I mean, what platforms are on is that's quickly moved. You know, social media has become larger, even though platforms have changed over the last three, five years. And like, you have to have an active presence on those things as a company for humans to even know who you are or that you're hiring.
0: Yeah, that's a great call out, right? Um, kids these days, right? They're, kids these uh, days. Kids these days, they're communicating with different apps, right? Um, that's how they communicate. That's where the communities are. That's where social interaction happens. If you're not on those as a company, then you're surrendering your brand right and i'll give you an example from like today nowadays right tesla doesn't do like commercials and stuff they don't have a strong brand presence they rely on word of mouth and the fact that i mean they're tesla like there's no other tesla out there that they want right Mm -hmm. um so they can get away with that but they also have the lack of brand control where you know whatever uh it was a story about the, the millionaire who you know wants to take down tesla and did a fake video of full self-driving failing a crash test with a, a, a dummy that was child-sized but in the video you can see that full self-driving is turned off right i mean it made headlines i know that newspapers aren't exactly known for like due diligence these days. (laughs) Yeah. Nobody questioned it. before posting the salacious headline. But, you know, of course it was rolled back later, but they didn't have control over that, right? Okay, now imagine you're a company that doesn't have control over your brand like that and nobody knows who the hell you are. How's that going to work?
1: Right? And you're going to post a job on your one crappy website or even better. It's 2022, but I see this so often. If your job posting is only on Craigslist, holy shit join join society
0: (laughs) i mean i mean that's a pretty negative signal and i'll give you another one companies whose main page like their web page is a facebook page like i've seen this and i'm not talking about like joe in the garage now if you're joe in the garage and your main web page is a facebook page get your head out of your ass you can go get a domain you can go to Namecheap and get a domain you can go to Squarespace or one of these other GoDaddy. Build a website. It's like a 100 bucks or something like that. They have templates and shit like that you can use. Just make something, anything, where it's www.davesgarage and not www.facebook.com slash 123456 slash davesgarage slash A64751, right?
1: I feel like that's very specific. Apologies to Dave's Garage out there.
0: We love you, Dave. No <laughs> hate intended. Your, your
1: Facebook
0: page sucks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, not to mention it's Facebook. Like, not not to uh, throw mud at Zuck or anything, but come on, man, it's 2022. Facebook's not cool. That's what the old people use. You know, it's so what the it's, old people use. It just is. Um, you know, it's going the way of MySpace. So, get with the, uh, the times in the program. Yeah. So that's about market presence. Um, we've got to have the presence on the apps that people are on in order to attract people another issue that companies face when it comes to talent acquisition like why can't I get people in the door okay well they're not reading your mind you're not advertising where people are looking fair and by the way feel free to think outside of the box right you can use billboards you can use direct mail you can use all sorts of marketing tools
1: paper paper planes at the local football game just fucking go for it
0: Paper planes at the local football game, right? Think outside of the box, be creative. Um, the other issue is, you know, we kind of already touched on it. It's what does the applicant get out of the job?
1: Oh yeah, another another reason talent acquisition just absolutely blows is is the with them, right? Have you ever heard that term? Yeah, they with have, them, what's them. in it for me? What's in it for me? And that's what the human being is looking for when they're applying. What's attractive? Is it a dollar value? Is it a work life? Is it a fucking ping pong table? But mm-hmm. companies progressively yeah. are getting more creative on not answering that question in the damn job post. And th- that's what you got to solve if you want people through the door.
0: Yeah, we're going to um, touch on how like job description and stuff suck in a minute. But in terms of the what's in it for me, um, it, here's the uncomfortable truth, I think, for a lot of companies today. What you're offering is not competitive, right? We talked about this before. That's why it sucks for the applicant, but it sucks for the person trying to hire too, right? First of all, your wage has to be competitive and it has to be competitive with the other options, not with, you know, Amazon or Rick and Bob. Was it Rick and Bob? Whoever owned the garage we were talking about, Dave. Joe and Bob's
1: warehouse.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, Dave's garage, Joe and Bob's warehouse, you know. Uh, you have to compete with a lot more than that nowadays. And money talks and shit walks and you know, stop with the fancy trying to figure it out. That is the bottom line. okay? Um, but there's other things that people are looking for as well. If you have the kind of business where people clock in and they work until the work is done or eight hours, whichever comes last, then you're not going to have a lot of luck hiring people and you're definitely not going to have a lot of luck retaining people, right? Yeah,
1: you are making it suck in the in the highest order, right? If I'm not in a senior level executive office within the company, why the fuck would I want to spend more than half my life there?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it prohibits people from being able to plan their life. It's like a salesman's budget, right? You're a sales guy, you get paid $20,000 a year. And you get a 50% commission. The problem is you don't know when the product is gonna suck, when it's gonna be out of fashion, when you're gonna run out of sales leads, when you're gonna have to move to another state to get people that have never heard of your hypoallergenic shampoo before. And so you can only budget for that $25,000 salary. The rest of the money you have to wait for it to come in before you can do anything with it, right? Mm -hmm. It's the same way with employees time. When you say, yeah, it's an eight-hour day, unless we have more work than that, then we're going to tell you to stay over. Yeah, but my my kid's piano practice starts one hour after I'm supposed to be done with work. If you keep me over, I can't do that for my family. So you can't budget your time if at any point you might be told you have to work overtime. That just sucks.
1: I've had this long-held wish for me to put out a commercial for a warehouse dating app, right? Like, you don't have to be lonely at warehouseonly.com. And then it cuts straight to the details. It's like, do you want someone to walk past the hallway with when they get off their second shift and you go into yours? <laughs> do you, <laughs> you have a 30-minute break looking at somebody before you both go back to work? Warehouse only.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. So the way that you treat your employees, the expectations for them, look companies out there you've got to fucking evolve bottom line you think that people are going to stick around and keep working for you when you don't take the initiative and responsibility to manage your business so that your employees can have a life that's just pathetic fix it
1: yeah we've had a good 80 years of that just being the american way but that's quickly changing these years isn't it have you seen that lately
0: yes uh, the The last ten years, it's been changing. The last five years, it's been changing extremely rapidly. People have options, and uh, you know you're competing with the guy who can go work a part time job, no overtime for the part timers, right? And then go do Uber, and then go do DoorDash, and then go mow lawns, and get government assistance because they're part time, right? Depending on the state you're in, um, this is a very real competition. For talent that you have to take into consideration when you're deciding, how am I going to compensate people for the work that they do for me? And to uh, quote somebody, I can't remember, but if the only way to run your business is to exploit your employees, then you haven't exploited a business, right? You can't say, well, that's just the industry. You know, we, we have to make our clothes with child labor in Sri Lanka. There's no other way that you know, we could be competitive in the marketplace. Okay, well, then you have an exploitative business, shut it down, right?
1: Yeah, just accept that. I mean, a lot of the temp agencies in the country strike me as that. Like, it is an exploitative business model.
0: hmm Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've worked with companies that used temps for two reasons. One, because they, they needed seasonal workers. And two, it was temp to full-time. It was that dating period that you're talking about, right? Mm-hmm. Anything more than that, it quickly becomes exploitative. Like, why aren't you hiring these employees full-time? You know, to tell me why. Like, if the employees deserve what full-time employees are getting to work for you full-time, then why are you hiring people to work for you full-time and giving them less?
1: Yeah, there's no answer to that. That's not exploitative.
0: Yeah, agreed. You know, if you're having trouble meeting the budget, maybe you shouldn't have those penthouse digs in downtown Austin, and should consider, you know, just have an office in the factory or something, or even Arlington. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, how you uh, treat your employees is the biggest lever for gaining talent. If you had a company that, you know, paid their employees a ridiculous wage, wouldn't it be all over the news? Oh wait, it was. You remember that company out in Washington or whatever that was paying everybody seventy thousand a year to start?
1: Uh, Gravity payments. Good old Dan Price. Yeah,
0: yeah, Dan Price. Gravity payments. Um, <laughs> free, <laughs> free <laughs> advertising.
1: Everything do you did this year, but if you yeah. <laughs> back past that,
0: and now he's going to be the world's largest bourgeois. Um, yeah, <laughs> free advertising, right? he probably didn't have to post a single job posting anywhere because every news agency in the country was like running the story or whatever, right? So marketing is important, but how you treat your employees is going to spread like wildfire if it's good, right? Um, So the first point we touched on was the marketing. How do you get your message across? And then the second was, what are you actually offering compensation? And that ties into, you know, the, The job just like, tell the employees, here's what you get. This is what, don't don't play coy. I hate these like job applications where you're like, you know, we treat our employees with the utmost respect. We love you. We want you to be part of the team. Join our religion. You know, that doesn't mean anything. This is transactional. People are giving you their life and they expect something in return. Just be clear. Here is what we offer in pay, at least a range. Here is what we offer in benefits. Here's what you can expect, et cetera, et cetera. And that ties into the JD. I
1: get to like, stumble across a JD that <clears throat> was brutally honest about all three of those.
0: Yeah, it's really unfortunate because you know honesty is still the best policy, and you don't want anybody coming into your org. First, you don't want them spending time applying and stuff like that if everybody's going to waste their most precious resource, their time, only for the applicant to say, eh, not for me. But more importantly, you don't want someone to actually join the company and say, this is bullshit. This isn't what you promised. This is something different, right?
1: Uh, yeah, they normally let you know by quitting immediately.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's their retention piece, right? Yeah. yeah. The other side of that, JD, is the number of job descriptions I've seen that are just complete horseshit. Like the reason people aren't applying is not because you aren't including the stuff that we suggest that you include. It's because you are including a bunch of horse shit.
1: I just want one guy to come in. I, he's applied for brain surgery no brain surgery experience. Why did you lie on your resume? Why did you lie on the job description? God damn it.
0: <laughs> so when we're talking about uh, more senior positions, right, not entry level positions, uh, here's the biggest red flag that I see in job postings, right?
1: <laughs> want to list an entire overview of every job within the company on the single job description? <laughs>
0: yeah, let's start there. You're not, hold on just a damn second. This is one person you're hiring. I can't do all that. That's ridiculous, right? Um, So listing way too many responsibilities. No, you cheapskate, like you need to hire three people for what you just put here.
1: Second, Here's a a PDF of Webster's Dictionary at the bottom.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's just open the encyclopedia article up to, you know, jobs available. And like, list them all this is the job you know um but no the major red flag is uh like fast-paced environment must be comfortable with ambiguity what you just communicated to me is you don't know what the job is that's literally what you just told me in the jd right um must be able to hire and lead a team to take care of this so what you you don't know how to hire what's going on here is it you want me to pick my own team
1: entrepreneurial spirit
0: Yeah, translation, here's the ball and chain, put it on. You're never leaving, right? Um, Yeah, a lot of these sort of code words for we're frantic, we're reactionary, we don't know what we're doing and we need a Superman to bail us out because our processes don't work, right? And I know I'm launching off into lean space here, but your value is created through process execution. Whether you know what those processes are, whether they're good processes or anything else, right? a series of steps to convert inputs to outputs and so if you have a job description that is you know ambiguous and lengthy and includes things like you know must be able to pivot quickly you know all of this all you're telling me is that you don't have a good grasp of your processes and you expect a superman to come in and fix it that's horrible for culture and it never works
1: yeah, I've, I've yet to see someone come in and just put on don the cape and just completely turn a place around. That's just not how reality works. Now, the business could be turned around and you could go backwards in a retrospective and go, I attribute it to this guy. But that's not what it was at all. It never, never, never is.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it can be if you hire the, the right guy who is, you know, collaborative and helps the company see that the way forward is through their processes, right? Um but not the kind of guy that's like, do this, do that. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. Oh, magic success! N- no, it. We have, you know, a hundred or so years of modern business history in the West to point at and say every single example of that has failed. Show me one that hasn't. I can't do it. Yeah, maybe that can be our LinkedIn challenge for the week. You know. Um, so yeah, not only do we have job descriptions that don't include with them. But we also have job descriptions that just scare people off because they're stupid. And I think part of the reason they're stupid is, like you said, there's a layer in the company, like writing these JDs, that doesn't know what they're doing. But the other is the company just has stupid expectations. You can't be unrealistic. Come to terms with reality, right? I want a master chef with 17 years of experience who has uh, experience flying a jet plane. Sorry, buddy. Like there's one person in the world that has that by accident. They happen to be the pilot and chef of uh, the Rolling Stones tour plane. I don't know. You know, it's just you got to be realistic. Combination
1: to do those two <laughs> dudes
0: together, right? I mean, get a get a grip. You know what I mean? And be realistic about burden on your employees. You know, there are some jobs that um, sort of limit. How much burden you can put on somebody by the nature of the job. For example, if you uh, drive a backhoe, if you're operating backhoe, that's all you can do, right? Mm-hmm. You can't be the backhoe operator and also the the guy that makes the ham sandwiches for the crew at lunch. Right? It does it doesn't work. At the very least, you have to get off the backhoe, and it's not working. You know, it's not running anymore. Right? Or but when it I'm comes
1: sure to that expert at the backhoe, maybe you could flip a piece of bread or two.
0: I feel like that's our second LinkedIn challenge for the week. I feel like coming on, right? But in office environments, we do this all the time, where we're like, "Oh, you're going to answer phones, and you're going to welcome new people as they come in the door, and you're going to accept onsite applicants, and you're going to go through the online application process and weed candidates out, and you're going to, and you're going to, and you're going to copy paper, coffee, or, you know, it, it, it's just stupid. Like you haven't considered." the burden that you're placing on your employees, who's going to sign up for that job? And when they do, you're not going to get that because the human can't do it. Right. In
1: fact, the only person you're going to attract is the person that's incapable of internalizing what you're actually saying, who will perform even worse.
0: Yeah, for sure. And on top of that, um, the, I guess, more ridiculous your job posting is, the more desperate the job applicants you're attracting, right?
1: By default, the desperometer is off the
0: charts. Yeah, I mean, for folks with options, you know, we look around, we're like, that job looks okay, but, you know, I'll, I'll put it on the back burner. This job is complete shit. What are you doing? You know, oh, you want a senior vice president of operations that you're going to pay $140,000 a year. Ha ha, get real. You know, uh, but people that don't have options, they're like, I have to pay my mortgage. know like i'm gonna apply to everything shotgun approach i hope it sticks you know worst case scenario i'm paying my mortgage while i look for a job again right so these are some of the ways that talent acquisition sucks both for the people that are applying and for the people that are hiring Uh, let's just recap real fast some of our recommendations Um, if you are out there in youtube land looking to hire people The job posting or whatever, you have to be in the communities where people are communicating. That means modern apps, not Craigslist, not Facebook, stuff like that. Uh, Think outside the box. Make a real effort to actually connect with the demographic that you're trying to hire. Right. While you're at it, answer the what's in it for me. Make the job application process easy and seamless. Make it so that people want to come in and see what you're all about. In the job description, please do not post a crappy job description. And if you have a layer in the org between the department that's doing the hiring and the talent pool, you need to really rethink that and how you're going about it and make sure that the communication and the pathways are as short and smooth as possible. It is a process. You can analyze that and you can rejigger it
1: imagine if you were on tiktok just throwing this out there not that you would ever have tiktok personally and you found a business a business you loved and you dm them and they were like hey come for a tour spend the time with us see if it's something you want and you came through and then you could leave with the job your goal is to be that simple that seamless that easy enough to get in contact with somebody who's a decision maker who can tell you exactly what the job is who could expose you to what your day-to-day life life, will actually be like and just make it not suck
0: yeah and uh i would add to that that the um some of the traditional gatekeeping that i've seen in companies is not only inconsequential in some cases it's uh, downright harmful right so sometimes you'll have like somebody who's you know, title is some kind of recruiter or you know, Sherm or something like that. And they're going through resumes like, oh not this person, you know, oh not this person. Well w- wait a minute, you know, why don't you let the operation make that assessment? Right? Well we're just weeding out the the bad candidates. How many candidates have you come through had had come through? I mean if you if you have dozens lined up that you think are good candidates, you know, maybe that might work. Um But I'll bet if you're listening to this video, it's because you don't have a lot of candidates coming through. So maybe rethink that strategy. All right, boys and girls, thank you for joining us on Equality Podcast. If you have any comments or questions about talent acquisition, why it sucks, and what you can do to make it better, please drop us a line. I've got some links down below right under the link for Persol John Thacker Edition Aviators. Jake, anything you want to leave the crowd with?
1: I, I want to leave them with another link. I'll add to that bottom there.
0: I'm sorry, but uh, we're not allowed to advertise your OnlyFans on this channel. It's a family-friendly uh, podcast, so we're just going to let everybody Google that for themselves. Uh, it is well worthier ever for everybody out there in YouTube land. Goodbye. <music>
1: advertise that you have a link to get a discount on your glasses?
0: Yeah, but what they don't know is when they click the link, it's going to roll them. <laughs> <laughs> hey. but, um, hashtag not sponsored.